You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to today's episode of KCSN Update presented by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code KCSN to get all the best deals from DraftKings Sportsbook. I am joined today uh, by with Sterling Holmes. I'm joined by Sterling Holmes with Sterling Holmes on Sterling Holmes. We'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see later in the podcast, but you probably know him from the Arrowhead Attic podcast or Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. Either one of them, Sterling. How have you been? It's been a minute since you've been on the program. Glad to have you back, and I'm excited to talk some Chiefs with you. I've been hot. I've been hot, dude. I You go outside and you melt, and yet I love it. I love doing radio, and normally I don't have to do this whole video stuff because I can just be a sweaty little man, and no one cares. No one says a word. But like this, I have to actually grab a towel and like wipe off like I'm Game 7 of the NBA Finals because I'm so sweaty. But I'm glad to be here. I'm very glad that you uh, were able to make some adjustments for us. Uh, grab that towel, wipe it off, get that nice mustache trimmed and ready to go. It's looking great. You look ready for the season. Uh, mustache has come out. It means it's straight for the season. Travis Kelsey does it. Uh, Andy Reid always got that stash. But Travis Kelsey stole my whole flow. Come on. I- I've been having the mustache way before Kelsey. Come on now. That's fair. That's fair. I've, as long as I've known you, I think you've had a mustache. So, yeah, um, Travis, got to catch up. Got to catch up. But, uh, Sterling, the last time you were on this program, we had made a friendly wager about uh, two wide receivers. I want to kind of get a vibe check on it. You got it written down on your notes. I want to get your vibe checks on it. How are you feeling about the wager? I mean, listen, Calvin Ridley's got a lot of buzz this training camp. I'm feeling pretty, pretty good. You know what buzz means? What's that? You ain't done shit yet, pal. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to wax Calvin Ridley in total yards this year. It ain't going to be close. I like Calvin Ridley. Good dude. I'm glad he's back. Um, you got to make sure he's not, you know, making some illegal wagers, okay? Maybe he shouldn't be getting the promo code from KCS and make sure if you see anything from Calvin, keep him away. But Amon Ross St. Brown, come on now. He, he is going to be incredible. The Lions... Top five in yards, points, and offensive DVOA last year. That continues, and that's because of Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god. Mm. He does have a cool name. I'm not going to disagree with that one. In in the in the wager of uh, who has the cooler name, I think Amonra takes that one. Um, but I'm just, look, listen, I'm pretty confident in Calvin Ridley. Some people call him a sleeper, which I think that's kind of crazy to call Calvin Ridley a sleeper when it comes to like fantasy stuff and everything, but uh, no, I think we're both pretty confident in our picks. I'm very excited to see how this one unfolds. It's going to be really unfortunate if like one of them gets an injury and is like out for an extended period of time. That won't make it as fun. I really want them to be fully healthy, and I want it to be like a nail biter, right? I want it to go down to week 18 where they're both playing, and it's like, okay, I need Calvin Ridley, kind of like you know that that championship game of fantasy season, right? When you're like, I need Calvin Ridley to get 400 yards for me to have a chance in this game. That's going to be me. Yeah, uh, he's going to need about 400 yards to have a chance. Yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. That was a pretty good, astute observation. Good foreshadowing. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I like to pride myself on my ability to A, self-deprecate, and B, be able to foreshadow. 
Uh, but I'm sure you guys didn't come to this podcast to hear Sterling and I talk about two wide receivers that are not on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you came to this podcast. You turned on this podcast to listen to Sterling and I talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think, Sterling, that we can start a conversation. I think we're actually legally required to start a conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs by starting it with Chris Jones and starting it with the Chris Jones conversation. And I, my first question to you, Sterling, are you as fed up with this as I am? I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over talking about it. I'm I, I'm over it. I'm over this entire thing. Chris Jones is tweeting like he's a high schooler. Like, I get it. We know what you want. Uh, Chris, we had so many dudes on your side. So many people in Chiefs Kingdom were on your side. And you had to tweet. When has tweeting been good for any Chiefs player? Hell, a even Anthony Hitchens got caught up in it at one point. Like, come on. Stop it. It's not going to help you. All it is doing is hurting him. People are, t are are turning on him, and I get why. Now, I understand it's a millionaires versus billionaires. Who's in the wrong? Everyone wants Chris Jones here in Kansas City. I want Chris Jones here in Kansas City. But at some point, you're looking around and saying, yeah, you were top three DPOY last year. We get it. This is your last big contract. But also, Aaron Donald got that ex exuberant contract because, well, the Rams had to to keep him from retiring. There was a lot of other issues at play when Aaron Donald got that contract. Now, we will probably never know the exact numbers that come out in regards to what Chris Jones is truthfully being offered. Is it 28? Like some reports have said. Is it the AAV versus the guaranteed money? That's the holdup. Is it year three, four versus five? Like we are privy, believe it or not, that we are not Chris Jones' agents, which by the way, Chris Jones' agents, this is their one big dude. This is the big fish. Chris Jones is that guy. So to me, a little bit of it is, I don't think they're over their head. I think what they're doing is saying, hey, this is our one big guy. We have to make sure he gets paid. He sets the market because then maybe we can get some other big fish to come to us. That's what What's-His-Name did in baseball for so long. Um, you know, he was Eric Hosmer's. He, he does some... Scott you know, Boris. Scott Boris, right? Mm -hmm. Scott Boris that for so long was, all right, just hold out. And he got all these big-name guys because all the big-name guys realized that he can get him money. So I'm sure there's a little bit of that at play for these agents who are saying, hey, Chris Jones, our big fish. If we hold down, he ends up getting what he wants. That makes us look a lot better. I agree. And and it's a very interesting, multifaceted conversation because I think Chris Jones held the the public opinion for a while. Like I think he was was the was the favored one in the conversation for a long time when it came to the contract dispute between him and the Chiefs. Obviously, he remained very positive after the Super Bowl um, and everything like that until basically until the minicamp pulled out. It was it was pretty civil, and we ever I think everyone assumed it was going to get done at some point at some level. The minicamp pulled out happened, and, and even I know I can talk talk about myself. That's the only person I know how to know who to talk about. And I know I thought, oh okay, that's fine. Yeah, he should sit out for minicamp, right? That, that makes sense to sit out for minicamp. And then it kind of got closer to training camp and nothing happened. The Quentin Williams deal ca came through and I was like, okay, let's see. Tomorrow. It was a good day to sign tomorrow. It seems like that's, that'll be a good extension. That number's really reachable. They have a number now that they can get to. That looks good. Nothing happened. And then the training camp rolled around and I do think that that was kind of where the court of public opinion swayed towards more of the team. Right? I think, I think Chris has had it for a long time. Um, and I think People were basically like, hey, you know, like, just pay him. He played well last season. He played really well. 
Uh, just pay him. Keep him in Kansas City. You traded away Tyree Kill so you could pay Chris Jones. Now it seems like the court of public opinion has swayed in the opposite direction, Sterling. I'm curious to to kind of your thoughts on that. As you said, like on Twitter, like stop tweeting. Like no, that's not gonna that's not gonna help you. But like, what's the point of the holdout anymore, Sterling? Because I think that's really interesting. Is a lot of things that keep coming out about the holdout. It seems like they can really only benefit the Chiefs except for this season in terms of cap space. But, like, when it comes to, like, next season, he's hurting himself in terms of uh, franchise tag. If the Chiefs do end up franchise tagging him, it just seems like there isn't a point to this holdout anymore. No, you're not going to hold out to week eight, like he said on Twitter. Um, that's absurd. You're not missing game checks. You're not right. going to do this. Then you're going to get franchise tag. Then what happens? I mean, I mean, you're not going to all of a sudden hit your free agency a year removed from playing. Not only that, a year removed from your best season. Yeah. That ain't going to happen. Look at what happened for Le'Veon Bell. Now, again, running back and defensive tackle, two completely different positions. I understand the value, all that, all that stuff. But it's not going to help Chris Jones. No one is going to see that and say, oh, you know what? Let's let's make him higher than Aaron Donald now. His Twitter account, just you got to stop. I don't get why players do this. It's never going to help. I think part of it started as a case of let's joke around a little bit so that we can kind of keep some pressure on the Chiefs itself. It keeps the fans involved. Uh, they know that he, he wants to be a chief. He's just waiting for, for a great offer to come in. Yep. But eventually it gets too much. Eventually a fan will talk, and then Chris Jones just has to talk back. Let it go. Let it go, Chris. We know what you want. We know we know the exact thing you want. You want to be paid. You want all this money. That's what you're about. That's fine. I also want to say, I think it's a really interesting case of, you look at Mahomes, you look at Travis Kelsey, this is a long-winded conversation here, so I'll get to just the, the tidbits here. You can make the case they're very underpaid. Now, I know half a billion, are you really underpaid? You still have the uh, 10 years. You still have all the guaranteed money that's still untouched, right? But the AAV, Mahomes is underpaid. Do you make the case that since those two guys are underpaid, should Chris Jones take a pay cut? Or do you make the case of those two guys are underpaid, use that extra money for Chris Jones? Hmm. It goes both ways. It does. And I've seen a lot of people use, you know, the the former what you were saying about like, hey, look, Patrick Mahomes took a I, I don't want to say I don't want to say less money. He took a team friendly deal. Right. Uh, and in terms when he sent his extension, uh, Travis Kelsey has always been on a team friendly deal and he is underpaid. Uh, listen, there's no gray area in the NFL, right? There's no there's no players that are perfectly exactly paid. Right. You're either overpaid or you're underpaid. You're never going to look at a contract and say, yeah, that guy's properly paid. Uh, like we we never go through that this through that. So you're either overpaid or you're underpaid. Travis Kelsey historically has been underpaid. I don't believe he's ever been the number one paid tight end, but he's been the number one tight end for about uh what year is it? Uh, like 14 years. Um, even before he made the NFL. But anyway, uh, I digress to say it's been a very interesting process uh, with Chris Jones and the way that he's holding out. I believe there was a tweet he had tweeted out in like 2021, maybe even 2020. That if he found himself in this uh, conversation, in this situation of trying to get this contract extension that he's in right now, that he would hold out until week eight. Um, and and he, he even said, I, I would do what Le'Veon Bell did and hold out until week eight. You, you, we know he worked out with Le'Veon Bell, I think, in Miami a few times. And, and Le'Veon Bell has even came out and said that he regrets doing that. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, there's been a lot of things uh, a, a very a much against it. And the price has only gone up for missing games since Le'Veon Bell has done it. It was like eight hundred thousand, and now it's one point one million. So, like, 
it, it doesn't make sense to me. It really does not. I, I always laugh too. And everyone kept saying, oh, he's going to take a team friendly deal because he said he wants to be a chief for life. That's that was politic and early on, baby. I say this every single time a player says that. Okay. Every time they say so-and-so wants to be a so-and-so for life, they do at a certain price. It always comes down to money. They might love what they're doing being there. Tyreek Hill loved Kansas City. Amen. Until he realized you could get $30 million AAV from the Dolphins. Chris Jones wants to be in Kansas City if he gets so-and-so from the Kansas City Chiefs. There's always that caveat. Everyone that says that, take it with a massive, massive grain of salt. I mean, get a salt lick. That's what it is because it's not just a grain of salt. It's a salt lick. Um, I will also point out him holding out. I'm really concerned because I don't think he holds out till week eight. I personally believe he's back week one against Detroit Lions. I do. I'm still in that camp of he's going to be there week one. He's not going to hold out whether a new contract is is done or not. He's not missing that money. He's not missing a game check. But my concern is if he holds out, we know the injury risk is greater. You can be in great shape. Great shape is not game shape. Now, I don't think Chris Jones is sitting on his couch watching Dumb and Dumber drinking boxed wine and eating bonbons. I don't think that's his workout schedule. Okay? But the point is, you can be working out every single day. It's not the same as having a game action. Tucker, you played football. You yep. played sports. Everyone listening has probably played sports growing up their entire life. You take a couple weeks off. What happens? You're still in great shape, but your legs don't feel the same. You feel just a step slow. Something just feels slightly off. It takes time before you get back into actual game shape. I'm worried about that with Chris Jones. And I think it's a concern that not only you have, but Steve Spagnuolo even mentioned it when he was at the podium. He's like, hey, I'm sure he's working out. Like, I don't doubt that. But football shape is a lot different. And the injury risk is obviously there. And still, that kind of plays into it. It's like, the injury risk is there. He's 29 years old, just turned 29 years old. We know that the Chiefs' track record of paying guys who are close to that 30-year-old 30, 30 mark is not very good. Like they don't, they don't just dish out big contracts for guys close to that age thirty mark. Uh, a part of me wonders if it's a years thing in terms of the contract of uh, the Chiefs probably only want to give them maybe two years, three years at most, and he probably wants four, maybe five years. Uh, that could help disperse a little bit of the AAV. But at that point, I mean, you're you're looking at backloading a contract to a guy who's going to be. 32, 33 years old, and the drop-off at the D-tackle position happens quick. And it it's not a gradual decline. It is, all right, you are here, now you are here. Um, and, and I think Aaron Donald's a little bit different, right? He didn't have the year that Aaron Donald usually has, but still a very good year in terms of defensive tackles. And it's just a very interesting uh, conundrum that the Chiefs find themselves in with Chris Jones. But, uh, Sterling, we had to take a break. I've got one more question on Chris Jones, uh, and I'm going to ask you, I want to get your answer after the break, but uh, I want to know, what do the Chiefs do without Chris Jones? The Chris Jones not there. What does this defense do without Chris Jones? I want to get your answer right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? i got to interrupt today's podcast to tell you about our friends at Factor. And with the busy season just around the corner, School's starting up, football's starting up, sports are starting back up for this season. You might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for these jam-packed days. And Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up with fresh, chef-preferred, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. 
You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factors, get the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up while still getting the flavor and the nutritional quality that you need. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy to get back to crushing your goals. Refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. You can choose from 34 weekly flavor-packed dietitian-approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. And then you can level up as well with their Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. I put in an order with Factor. I got a chef's choice, so I'm excited to see what they send me there with uh, Factor. So here's what you got to do. You got to head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sterling, I asked you the question before the break. What do you think the Chiefs will do without Chris Jones if he's not there week one? Are you worried about the Chiefs' defense? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, short answer, yes. That defensive line is going to be buns, man. I mean, I'm so excited about this Chiefs' defense. I think they have the potential to be a top-10 defense. Yeah. But it all starts with Chris Jones. This defense has been built around Chris Jones. He is a pendulum, right? When he Chris Jones is on the field, it swings top 10. When Chris Jones is off the field, it's bottom 10. Now, I love the versatility that this linebacking core has. I love the versatility of the secondary. I love the depth of the secondary in the linebacking room. But the defensive line has a lot of issues, a lot of youth, and a lot of question marks. Charles and Minnie, he was missing six games. That was your veteran guy. That's great. Not ideal. He's not only good on the outside, but good on the inside. Uh, FAU, he's a rookie. We know how rookie defensive linemen, edge rushers, typically takes time for them to progress. Aiden Hutchinson took time. I know he had a great game one, but then really look what happened. It was about halfway through the year before he took off. Um, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, right, for the Giants, about halfway through the year before he took off. So expect the same thing from FAU. And, oh, yeah, Karloftis was the same thing. I love George Karloftis. But we've seen Karloftis with Chris Jones. Karloftis is great because he's a great partner to Chris Jones, the way he plays, the motor, the strength, the power. Is Karloftis going to be able to take on double teams and bulldoze through them? I don't think so if teams can focus in on him. I like Danny Shelley, but it's Danny Shelley, right? That's not, that's not Chris Jones. Derek Naughty might not even make this team. 
Turk Wharton's kneecaps are, are, are brutal. Like, I love Turk Wharton, but he can't stay healthy. Those knees are still banged up. Keandre Coburn, six-round rookie. Like, yeah, I'm worried as hell. Mike Dana is your most consistent guy, probably. Mike Dana and Carl Optus. Yeah. Especially against a team like the Lions week one. They'll run the ball. They're not They're not scared to run the ball. Um, they're going to be, I don't know. It's 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 iffy. And, I, and Sterling, I don't, this is an interesting question, too. He's got to, like, report today if he's going to be in shape for week one. Like, I think, like, there's not a lot of time left for him to report and be okay to play in week one. Uh, I don't, I don't, they probably have, like, what, one padded practice left before they, they actually play a real game that matters and open this NFL season. Yeah. And if you're a Chiefs player, you can't be thrilled right now, man. Oh, no. If you're Andy Reid, you can tell he's already sick of fielding these questions. Um, I get it. Maybe we don't know. Maybe maybe he's not getting offered anywhere near what we think he is. He could, but but I mean, but from all things that we have heard, it's a large chunk of money that he's being offered. He he, he is being offered the second highest paid interior defense alignment amount of money. Yeah, there's no question about it. That's what we. It's just at some point, if you are a teammate, you've heard him talk time and time again about how he wants to be a chief for life. You get offered that money, still not there. Didn't do a hold in all these youth, all these moving pieces, talking about having the potential best defense we have seen in the Mahomes era. You're not there. You're not there to be a leader. That's tough. It is tough. It's very tough. And we talk about the messaging kind of from the other side too, uh, uh, from from the organization's perspective. What does that send a message to the young guys, right? If you're not going to pay a guy um, who's been with you, who's been that cornerstone. Uh, now this is a second contract, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, uh, a third contract, but so it's a little he, bit different. He's but been paid, yeah, he he's been paid. And, and the issue here is, I get what you're saying. Where if they don't pay Chris, will they pay me? Right. Well, quite frankly, no, no. they probably won't. And guess what? You have to understand that it's the game. It's the NFL. Right. What do the Patriots do? Ship them out. Ship them out. Do you think those players complained about getting rings? And then getting money after, they got their rings, got their money, and then what happened a lot of times? Well, they came back to New England and got more rings. Yeah. Do you think those guys complained? Wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Y- yes, you're not Mahomes. You're not Travis Kelsey. If you are a player and you're not literally Patrick Mahomes, the only untouchable, realistically, at this point, right? you have to have some of that understanding, Okay. It's the NFL. It's a business. As much, as much as we like to say, you know, it's unfair and these are billionaires, we know how the game is played. It's this salary cap era. Not everyone can be the highest paid player on every single team. It's not going to happen. It does not work like that. The NFL has parity. There's a reason why the NFL is such a damn good product, because of parity. The salary cap helps that. That's why you can have Mahomes and a couple of great high-end players, but a lot of times, you're going to have to cut back somewhere. The Chiefs have decided to go a little different route of, we'll have Mahomes, we can't really pay everyone else. Let's have a whole bunch of really solid players instead of four of the top top of the line guys. It, it's just two different ways to skin a cat. I, I just I think players need to understand this. Their their agents need to do a better job of letting them know this is the business of the NFL. It is, and you talked about kind of the Chiefs' way of philosophy of building this roster around Patrick Mahomes, around Travis Kelsey, one of those position groups that has also been a really big talking point. Has been the wide receiver room because they didn't they they trade away Tyreek Hill last year. Obviously, they win a Super Bowl. So uh, I think 
uh, for me a little bit it seems i don't think that this is the case i should i should i should prelude this by saying i don't think this is actually happening happening but it's almost like the chiefs are tempting fate a little bit right they're like okay we got rid of patrick Mahomes, his number one receiver wide receiver i should say travis kelsey's always going to be the number one target we got rid of that that wide receiver how far can we go? How far can we take this for Patrick Mahomes and this offense to still be good? And it feels like they're playing with it a little bit, but Sterling, all indications from this wide receiver room in these first few preseason games have been very good. I'm curious to get your thoughts on what you've seen from the receivers so far this preseason. They all look better than Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm being slightly facetious. Like, I'm not taking Justin Watson over Juju Smith-Schuster, but you... You've seen the injury concerns with Juju. You've heard some of the things coming from Patriots camp of, wow, the wide receivers don't look great. I'm sure the Chiefs knew more than us in regards to what they thought Juju was going to do this upcoming season. There's a reason why we saw that contract, at least I personally saw that contract and said, wow, I would have given Juju way more than that. There's a reason why. They know more than us. They have the medicals. They have the the statistics of when the drop-off might happen, the the playing style, all of that stuff. So the Chiefs did was let's get some more darts. Let's get more. Let's get some more darts. Let's get Kadarius Tony, who has had a lot of injuries, but when he's healthy, he's electric. Okay, well he's injured right now, so take him out. He he's gravy. He's he's the Alberto Mondesi for me right now. I love I love Mondesi too. That's not a slight. Okay, I love Mondesi for so long. Good comp. It really so is a good comp. Okay. Because um, when he plays those those 30 games in baseball or the five games in the NFL, you're like, holy bleed, this is incredible. No one can do this. And then yep. he's then he shoved. Mm-hmm. But they brought in Richie James. They kept MVS and they kept Justin Watson. If you think of it as a roller coaster, they said, you have to be this high to ride. You have to be better than these guys to see the field. Well, what did they find out? Found out Richie James is damn good. They found out he can get separation and has incredible hands. They found Justin Watson is a great special team where he can play all three wide receiver spots, right? And MVS is just a consistent NFL product. Oh, yeah, Rasheed Rice, because you have these consistent floor players, you're able to go and try and hit on a high upside guy into Rasheed Rice, right? Rasheed Rice looks incredible. He had one drop. Travis Kelsey was consoling him on the field. And what happened? He catches his next eight passes for 96 yards. Like, you love to see it. Justin Ross, we know about all the injuries. We know about the spinal injury. We know about the foot injury. And I'm, I'm the first to admit, I was like, Guys, I'm not seeing this with Justin Ross. I don't think we'll ever see it. It's the same people that kept going after Josh Gordon. I go, guys, he, he was great five years ago. Stop it, okay? I was athletic five years ago. Look at me now. I ain't getting rent, okay? So the point is, Justin Ross proved me wrong. I don't think he's going for a K, but I think he's a valuable piece and he brings something different to this team. You look at this entire wide receiving core. And by the way, I didn't even mention Sky Moore, who's going to probably lead this team in reception. Let's be real now. I think he fits the juju role to a T. I've been saying that time and time again. I freaking love Sky Moore. Can't wait to see it. But what they did is they got a, a group of guys that all excel at a certain thing. It keeps teams on their toes. They have way more versatility than just having Tyreek Hill and then so-and-so behind them. They've spit in their money and, and spread it out. More eggs and more baskets. That way, if Tyreek Hill's injured, they're not screwed, right? If right. Tyreek Hill was injured, that wide receiver room looked a little shaky. Look what you have now. You can go eight deep. Amir Smith-Marset looks legit. You're telling me right now Amir Smith-Marset isn't going to be playing Sundays? You bet your ass he is. If he doesn't make the 53, he ain't being put on the practice squad. He's getting picked up. Commanders on line one, the Bears on line two. Like, the Chiefs have so much talent, a plethora of talent at wide receiver. I'm all in on this. 
it was very encouraging to see Justin Ross actually go out there and do it, right? And that's just the, kind of the point that I had always brought up uh, from my perspective. Listen, Sterling, I'm from Missouri, born and raised in Missouri. You got to show me, you know? You got you got to you got to show me. If I'm going to believe it, I got to see it. Justin Ross went out there and he showed it to me. He showed me that route running, he showed me that that catchability, getting to see him at training camp do that stuff with the pads on was one of the things that I wanted to see. Got to see it. Been very encouraged by that. Richie James, a guy that I went on your program and we were talking about Richie James in the offseason uh, during a uh, free agency. Your guy who I think is a very good special teamer in his own right. Right, he, he can return. That's kind of what the Chiefs are missing a little bit when it comes to the punt returning, the kick returning. Richie James comes in there, has some couple good uh, returns Dog, he's in the preseason smooth games. Back there. Yeah, he's smooth. It, Willie Mays, he's just like, nah, it's nothing. Now, <laughs> let me just catch the rock over my shoulder. It was so smooth. He's he's one of those guys that when I made my initial fifty-three man roster prediction prediction before training camp, I only had them keeping six wide receivers. Uh, and I put Richie James over Justin Ross just because I knew that he actually had NFL experience doing special teams. And I think that that obviously really helps us that fifth and sixth wide receiver. We've talked about that a lot when it comes to roster building with the Chiefs. Dave Tobe's going to have a say. Uh, if you can play special teams as that fifth and sixth wide receiver, uh, that's really great. But I've been, I have been very uh, impressed and I'm cautiously optimistic about this wide receiver room now when it comes to uh, them as a whole, obviously Patrick Mahomes makes them better, right? Like having a quarterback like that makes them better. Having Travis Kelsey mixed in there take alleviates, I think, some stress off of some guys. But as you mentioned, Sterling, Sky Moore has had the most boring uh, offseason, preseason as anybody because I think they're they're doing that on purpose. They don't want to let Sky Moore out of the bag. Uh, he wasn't making a bunch of flashy plays during training camp. He wasn't doing the one-on-one stuff, but when you see him making plays, he is he's going to be that solid, consistent guy that's always there. He's always going to be on time. He's always going to be on the same page as Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes even said he was like on his hip pocket the whole time uh, when during the offseason learning, trying to soak in everything he can about this offense. So I'm very excited about Sky Moore. I think that's going to be a, that could be a really big leap that we see this year. Uh, but overall, I've been very encouraged by what I've seen from the wide receiver. Yeah, I said when people kept calling it bad on Twitter, I kept seeing people say they, they need DeAndre Hopkins. This wide receiver room is bad. I said, they're not bad. They're unproven. Everyone starts somewhere. At some point, DeAndre Hopkins was bad too. I mean, think about it. I'm not saying he was bad, but he was unproven. Right. These guys are unproven. Until you get a shot, you have no idea what they're going to be. And again, the preseason and training camp is different than the regular season than it is different than the playoffs. I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But these guys have the talent, they have the upside, they have floor guys, and they all bring something different to the table that when they're not on, let's just say they're having a bad game. Well, MBS is still going to be able to be a field stretcher. Right. If Sky Moore is a little off, he's still good in the intermediate routes. If Richie James is off, he's still a good punt returner and good on those little pop passes that we've seen. We saw the preseason, we saw it at training camp. They're they working on it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... They all bring something to the table to where if one of them is, is is off, it's not a big deal. The group as a whole can lift them up. Right. And I think it's good that they're not relying on one guy to go out there and get them 100, 200, well, not 200, 150 yards a game, right? But I guess the same thing. If Tyreek had a bad game or got injured, you were sitting there scratching your head saying, all right, well, yeah. I guess Travis better go for 200, or I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go to next game. 
<laughs> you chalk that one up and be like, all right, better. We'll get him. We'll get him next time. But uh, no, it's it's really interesting. And, and Sterling, we've talked about these wide receivers, right? We've brought up seven names, uh, eight names. You brought up Amir Smith Marset, but you we've brought up seven names that we think that are going to be on the roster. We got to take another break, but after the break, I want to ask you about some roster building questions and if you think the Chiefs will keep seven wide receivers for the first time in the Andy Reid era. Stay with us; we'll be back on the other side. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hanging out with Sterling Holmes here on today's KCS Update, presented by DraftKings. You know Sterling from the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Stacking the Box Podcast, uh, Sports Radio 810 Kansas City, ESPN Kansas City. Did I miss anything, Sterling? I also slang homes, sell real estate. I like to Dude, I do everything, baby. I don't have to slang in homes. Um, before the break, I asked you, Sterling, we, we, we've been talking wide receivers, big hot topic. We've talked about seven wide receivers. The Andy Reid in the Kansas City Chiefs era with Candy Reid. Candy Reid. Andy Reid has not t- kept seven wide receivers on his roster. Do you think, Sterling, that this is the year where seven wide receivers find their way onto the active roster? Yes, and I don't think Andy Reid likes it. Mm. I, th- I think there's just so much talent at wide receiver, they don't want to lose a guy. The Chiefs are, are, are pretty notorious for if they have a, a, a talented guy, they'll cut a spot elsewhere. They keep the 53 most talented guys typically, you know, with, with restraint. They're not keeping 17 wide receivers, but with restraint, right? They'll go, all right, he's too talented. We can keep him. Maybe we can practice squad. We can stash someone else. That's the way the Chiefs operate. And the other day, Andy Reid said six or seven wide receivers, and that was the first time we had heard Andy Reid actually give credence to seven wide receivers. I do think the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs keep seven. Uh, part of it is Kadarius Tony and the injury concerns. You're kind of sitting at a six and a half. Uh, who knows if he gets placed in the IR and misses four games? Um, you know, who, who really knows how they actually have the roster crunch break down? Maybe it's only six active on game day, but we'll see, man. There's just so much talent there. The Chiefs, I think, are the wide receivers are, are, are pushing their hand. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing that is Justin Ross, Richie James, both of those guys playing well did force the hand of the, of the Chiefs to feel like they have to keep seven wide receivers. If they cut Justin Ross, if they cut Richie James, they're getting picked up. They're not going to find their way on the on the active roster. You mentioned Amir Smith-Marset. He, he, I don't think he can make the roster. I really don't. It stinks because he put on quite a show. He played all right for the Vikings up there in Minnesota in, in the few games he did play. Uh, he's going to be on another team. Another team, I think Nate Taylor tweeted this out, is going to benefit from the Chiefs developing Amir Smith-Marset. Uh, wouldn't be the first time, it won't be the last time that that'll happen. Um, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen in that wide receiver room uh, to keep Amir Smith-Marset as well. Uh, so if you talk about keeping seven wide receivers, Sterling, that means there's going to be somewhere where Andy Reid traditionally keeps a guy that we're not going to see uh, when you talk about the offensive line, whether that's the quarterback room, whether that's the running back room, the tight end room. Where do you think that that comes from? Well, you wonder if the – again, everyone's going to always say fullback, right? So there, there's the yeah. one. But the Chiefs, I think, keep three wide receivers. Um, a little caveat here so people know. Those three wide receivers still count against the 53-man roster, but they don't count against the active 46-game day roster. That third one's kind of a free, but you still have, to have all of three on the 53-man. So the Chiefs could technically still only keep two. I just doubt it. They're going to keep four running backs. 
the attrition of, of running backs is just too much. They have also guys who've been banged up many times in their career with McKinnon, obviously earlier on in his career, Clyde Odelaire and Isaiah Pacheco just getting the uh, the non-contact jersey lifted. Mm-hmm. Is it Eric Prince? Is it Michael P. Ryan? I think that remains to be seen. Um, three tight ends or four? That's kind of the one it comes down to. Does Matt Bushman make it? Does he not make it with Jody Fortune getting placed on the season-ending IR? If you're placed on the IR before August 30th, you're done. No coming back, no 4, 8, 12, whatever it is, you're done. Okay, so Jody Force in the season in Kansas City is done. Um, and my ones I have done, I have him keeping four running backs, four tight ends, including Matt Bushman, seven wide receivers, nine offensive linemen, and nine defensive linemen. Okay, huh. that's where I've drawn the line. Is As much as I don't think the defensive line is very good, I couldn't find a way of keeping Malik Herring. I couldn't find a way of keeping a, a depth piece like Joshua Kando. I just couldn't do it. Uh, that's the way it broke down, especially with the offensive line having one a Morris be able to play left and right tackle. That helps Kansas City tremendously. So uh, I broke it down that way. I think I had four linebackers and 10 defensive backs. Yeah, that makes sense. Um it's truly really interesting when you talk about the quarterback situation and like the they're going to keep two or they're going to keep three, giving Sam Bouchelle some run, and then it even sounds like Bouchelle is getting a little bit of buzz for that second quarterback spot. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much I'm buying into all that truthfully. I think it it makes this guys have more experience with the offense, better relationship with Patrick Mahomes, but Blaine Gabbard is that is that veteran that they like to have in that room, a guy that I think that can come in and win a and go do a drive for you, right? He can. He can put a drive together for you. I don't know if I trust Shane Bichelle to put together a drive. Could he do it? Absolutely. Because Shane's a gamer, man. Shane goes out there and he balls. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting to see. I I have been thinking about this, Sterling, about three running backs. Um, I don't know. It seems like in recent weeks the Denaric Prince hype has cooled. It seems like it, the training kind of slowed down a bit. LaMichael Piran getting a little bit more run, a little bit more reps in the position that Denaric Prince has been in. But listen, at practice, they were in a kind of a weird bind with like Isaiah Pacheco not having contact. Um, Clyde Berzellier was like in and out being sick. Jarek McKinnon, it seems like they've kind of relegated him to like the third down duties type of deal with Jarek McKinnon uh, in, this, in this role and this time in his career. So like they only really had three running backs to run during team practices uh, when we were out there at training camp. So it was like, oh, you're seeing Zach Prince get a whole lot of run with the ones. And you're like, yeah, because that's the only running back that they could have from the one. So it was, it was generic or it was Tucker. They didn't have right. any, yeah. any options. So they get just throw some pads on me. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They didn't have very many options. So I'm I, I'm trying to like put all that in into my brain, right, and melt it all down of like taking all the context into it. I don't know. Three running backs might maybe makes it. Maybe they feel like they can get generic on the 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 practice squad if they cut him. They can put on the practice squad. That could be a that could be an area. And I also think offensive line, as you mentioned is an area that they can look at and say, oh, we could probably, it'd probably be Lucas Nyang, I think, is the guy that would be the odd man out if they do keep uh, nine, eight or nine. I can't remember what it would be. Um, but again, tight end is the other position. Jody Forsen going on the IR, as you mentioned. The way that his IR works so sterling is really interesting. Somebody had, meant, had brought this up to me, and I, and I didn't know until I looked it up. So the fact that he is a restricted free agent, he can be placed on the IR 
and then the Chiefs can injury waive him. He would have to he clears waivers. I think they did injury waive him already, and he cleared waivers. He'd have to re-sign with the Chiefs, have to get fully healthy, and then he could return for the season. All that to say, it's incredibly unlikely for him to return because I think he even posted on a story of like, yeah, I've got to go get surgery on my shoulder, so I'm not going to be playing this year. Uh, but like, technically, he could come back, but I don't think it's very likely. Uh, it would be interesting to see the Chiefs not carry four tight ends, though. And I think that, that that would be a very interesting part of it. So you can, so when I broke this down, I actually pulled up the sheet I have of my initial 53-minute roster. Um, you could have three quarterbacks, okay. four running backs, six wide receivers while you wait for Kadarius Tony. Yep. Okay. So if you push that down the road, and the reason why I have that starting with six, I keep five linebackers at the start of the season with, with Jack Conklin. That was how I had it broken down. So once Kadarius Tony comes back, this this equation becomes much much more difficult. Uh, it comes down to, in my opinion, Prince or P. Ryan, Matt Bushman, or I think it could even be Jack Conkren, um, special teams wise. Yeah, and you start to think about the well, you mentioned <laughs> the Kadarius Tony wrinkle that could be put into this is he has to make the fifty three man roster, right? Uh, he's got to make the fifty three man roster. They're not going to place him on IR right now because the season would be done. If he makes a 53-man roster automatically, somebody's going to have to get cut that we don't expect to get cut, and then we'll be side back. So that could be like a Jack Conklin, right? That was my thought process. Was he more was. of a special teamer like a Jack Conklin could yeah. probably be cut, could be brought back once they figure out Kadarius Tony in the interview. We've not really heard a ton on that front. All we heard, all we heard was a couple of days ago, not tomorrow, which is very Shanahan when asked if Jimmy G was going to be the quarterback on yep. Sunday. Are we all going to be alive on Sunday? That was the all-time quote from, from Shannon Hand. So, yeah, we're not getting much from Andy. At least it's not day-to-day. At least it's not. That's got to look at the silver lining on that one. At least it's not day-to-day. No, this is all very interesting. Another injury we're not talking about that but somewhat alarmed we're not talking about is Legarius Sneed's injury. Um, why is he not practiced yet? I don't know. Are you nervous? Are you nervous about it? Or am I overreacting? I don't think you're overreacting. I think I'm in the minority here of I'm not nervous, though. Mm. I love Legereus Sneed. He brings a lot to this defense. But I think the Chiefs are okay without him. Like, I like Legereus a lot. It's not a knock on Legereus Sneed. I just think there's so much depth in the secondary in Spagnolo and just all the coordinators have him running at such a high level. I think they're okay. Yeah. We're seeing Shamari Connor, while a lot different than Legereus Need. The versatility is similar. Legereus Need ran a 4-3. Shamari Connor ran a 4-5. So there is a speed difference there. It's why I think Shamari Connor fits better as a safety. But you're seeing him doing some of the some of the Legereus Need blitzes, right? Like, I think there's so much depth in the secondary in so many different ways they can try and reproduce that that uh production. I think the Chiefs are gonna be okay letting him get fully healthy before trying to rush him back. So no, it, in any sense, I, I'm not really worried about this, although I understand people's concern with it. Yeah. All right, so I appreciate you joining me on today's episode of KCS. And before we let you go, I want to know what you're looking for in this final preseason game. I know there's not going to be a lot of marquee players playing. I think Deshaun Watson actually said on Thursday that he plans on playing uh, in the game, which is good for him. Uh, but anyway, what are you looking forward to in this final preseason game? Um, no injuries. Such an asshole thing to say. I hate saying that, man. I, that's such a, gosh, I hate that. 
No injuries. Well, yeah, but it's so cheesy. I hate myself for saying that. No injuries. Um, I want to see some of the defensive line. Who steps up? Because I think there, there's a chance you could see, um, like, oh, Wiseman make it. Like, like there, there's a chance you could see some unheralded guy, Malik Herring, might make it. You know, there's a chance. I'm not saying it's likely, but Derek Naughty, for example, I don't think his spot set in stone. You know, Turk Warden, we don't know with his his knees. Um, I think the defensive line is what I'll probably be watching more than anything else. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. The D-line has got a lot of questions and needs answered. Um, and a little apprehensive about that that first game of the season against the Detroit Lions. Final game of the preseason. It'll be Saturday at noon. A noon Saturday game, Sterling. That's like, we're talking college football territory right here uh, with, with this preseason game. Yeah, they're getting you ready. They're getting you ready for the for the Mizzou games. I can't wait to be let down by Mizzou this year. It's going to be outstanding. I can't wait to get hurt. A tradition unlike any other, truthfully. Yeah. Um, Missouri going 6-6 six and six and losing a bowl game. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, can't wait for Luther Burden to not get a single target in the game again. It's going to be great. No, I can't wait. <laughs> That's Sterling Holmes. I'm Tucker Franklin. Thank you for joining us today on today's KCS and Update presented by DraftKings. We'll be back with a live post-game show following the Chiefs and Browns preseason game. We'll be with you here at KCSN, so make sure you subscribe, you follow us, you do all that good stuff so you don't miss anything we got going for you here. I'll be back again with another episode soon, so until then, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com